Welcome to Off the Clock Conversations with Lily and Lauren. I'm Lily. And I'm Lauren. We are two therapists here to share some hopefully helpful insights into therapy, life, and everything in between. On today's episode, we discuss the process of change, when we need it, and when we don't. We've been told, for legal purposes, we need to remind all viewers and listeners that these are only conversations that are happening off the clock and for knowledge and entertainment purposes only. If you're in need of therapy and psychological services, we, or someone we'd know, would be happy to meet with you on the clock. How are you doing today? You know, (laughs) a client once said, Things are pretty mediocre, and I don't anticipate them getting better anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) And I really feel that. (laughs) Yeah, I get get that. I really do get that, actually, in life right now. How are you doing? Um, You know what's actually interesting? Yesterday, I felt like it was such an amazing day. There's so many good things that happened. Um, I love it. I know. So yesterday was a good day. Today took a while to figure out this podcast crap. You know, as someone who was watching you figure it out (laughs) and not assisting, yes, it did. And I really appreciate you. I got you. I was adamant to figuring out how to bring in two microphones. Because the last couple of sessions, everyone's, com- I mean, the last couple of, yeah, sessions that we've had, everyone's complaining about me not being close enough to the microphone. You sound amazing. <laughs> this is called a different chair. <laughs> Every single time, everyone's like, Lily, we can't hear you. Or like, it sounds really bad when you're talking. And I'm like, I don't think I should be a part of this podcast. I think Lauren should be the only Mm -hmm. one. (laughs) Trust me, I could not carry this alone. (laughs) Not a lie. (laughs) Well, interesting you should bring up something like this because today we're talking about change. Yeah, we are. And how did we happen upon this idea, Lily? Of change? Yeah. I think we talked about radical acceptance last week. What does change have to do with that? It's the other swing of the pendulum. It's the other side of it. There's acceptance. And with acceptance, there's also change, the opposite. When do you need this thing called change? Huh. You know, a lot of people think you need it all the time. (laughs) One of my favorite things to actually tell people, especially clients in sessions, but even friends, family and friends, every single time, like, people are like, this needs to change. And I'm like, I need to do this and I have to do this. And I'm always like, the more you try to change a situation, guess what you're doing? And they're always like, what? I'm like, either you're staying miserable or you're just making things worse. Because everyone always tries to change. But why, when do we need to change? So I think about this a lot, especially when I'm thinking about making what I'm recommending acceptance with a client, 
I really want to be certain that they've exhausted change options mm-hmm. because I want to use change when, you know, the situation's a problem when they're in a situation where it's not just like, like when I first moved to LA, I would get parking tickets once a week. Mm-hmm. And instead of accepting that I was like donating like $360 a month to the police to the city of LAPD. Yeah. Um, I decided I needed to change my behavior. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you kind of hit a wall of something's going on. It doesn't seem right. And I need to do something differently. And sometimes we have the capacity to change and other times we don't. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting thinking about acceptance because you really kind of hit this fork in the road of, do I have any change options left? Yeah. And how do you know if it's a situation that could be amenable to change? How do you know? I like that. I like that. Punt it right back. <laughs> you I like want, that. Do you want me to take it? No, it's cool. I got this one. Um, <laughs> I can take it. <laughs> so I usually know when I think about what are my options in this situation and is this something that's within my control? That's usually a huge factor because I can work with someone else to change their behavior, but they have to want to yeah, and they have to be involved. And so when I think about actually being able to effectuate change in a situation, I really ask myself, is this something that I have control over? And if not, does the person who has control over it want to change? Yeah. I can push somebody and say, I really want you to change this thing. But if they don't want to, and they have no motivation to, then why would they? Yeah, I, I, I see that. I think the other thing for me in sessions, for sure, what I always tell people, I'm like, listen, our natural instinct when we don't like something is to push for change. Mm-hmm. It's everyone's natural instinct. And um, you can go about it two ways. You can learn to start accepting things and then think, if you want to change it and then problem solve. Mm-hmm. And if that skill is really hard because it takes a lot of time, ask yourself two questions. Am I making things worse for myself? Or am I just staying in this constant state of annoyance and frustration and I'm not getting what I want? So pretty much am I miserable or am I making things worse? Mm-hmm. If after like twice of attempting a change, you see that you're either making things worse, like people are getting mad at you, mm-hmm. or you're still getting parking tickets. And yeah. not only are you now getting parking tickets, but now you got to double it because you refused to pay the first one because it wasn't fair and it wasn't just, or whatever. And you're just miserable in the same emotional annoyance. Then it's time to change the change and yeah. get to acceptance. Absolutely. So, but here's the thing, how do you actually, because one of the, one of the things that actually someone brought up in, in, in regards to the radical acceptance, first of all, when, when I was talking to people about it outside of this, they're like, that's, that's impossible. Like, how do you mm-hmm. expect me to just let go of changing things? So then my question for you is how do you start effectively pushing for change and not ineffectively pushing for change. There are some times when 
we have to first make sure that we're having that we're answering the right question that we have the right problem situation because oftentimes and this is something i don't know i feel like a lot of people dealt with space issues during the pandemic mm-hmm. of maybe too small of an apartment or house and too many people now being at home all the time mm-hmm. and so when this was happening it was really like kind of creating workspaces out of nothing. And in that moment, we all knew the situation was the problem, right? We knew in the world where we're not two people working from home in a studio or, you know, whatever the situation is, that it would be different. And so we were aware, but we were also aware these are the confines that we're in. And so we still have to figure it out. And so sometimes it's very clear this is a problem situation I wouldn't otherwise be in. Mm -hmm. At other points in time, we may still need to figure it out. And so that was something that became really clear during the pandemic, which was, yes, the situation's a problem and I still need to figure out how to tolerate it. Yeah. And so how do I create a workspace in my bathroom? Yeah. And so sometimes like the realization I needed to push for change was there's no way for two people um, my partner's a psychiatrist, for two of us to both be doing sessions in a studio. <laughs> we can't do it in the same room. We're not going to do a group session with different clients. Hey, don't mind don't mind the noise. My husband's taking a session with someone else. Yes, it's totally don't confidential. Don't mind someone talking about their shit. <laughs> yeah, don't mind it. And so that's why they created Zoom backgrounds. Yeah. So you could take it from your toilet seat straight onto your countertop. and so that's the situation where you kind of realize yes these are this is a situation as it is and i need to change something in order to make it work i actually it comes what how it comes up for me i'm a change-based therapist Mm -hmm. that's one of the things like back in my training i remember alina and a lot of a lot of conversations and treatment team were redirecting me to acceptance Mm -hmm. interesting enough um, but I'm, I'm now I'm a change-based therapist. I'm kind of like, if you came into my office and you're looking to do things differently, yeah. like I will teach you how to accept your emotions because you cannot change necessarily your emotional reactivity. And you're going to have to change the way you respond to your internal stimuli, to your emotions, to your thoughts. So it's like more so change-based stuff. And in a lot of sessions, what I always tell my clients especially when it comes to like interpersonal skills and Mm -hmm. family dynamics they're always like well something has to change and for me i'm like okay like if you're looking at there's this is the problem the problem is the way we communicate in this family system Mm -hmm. so a lot of times especially with adolescents and parents like it's like the cursing Yes. Like how adolescents speak to their parents mm-hmm. and how disrespectful it is. Yep. Right. And I'm like, okay, so the conversation and how they're speaking to you has to change, but you're telling me that the person has to do the changing mm-hmm. versus if you want the problem of the language to change, both parties have to change. Yes. So what the parent is doing, how the parent is either navigating that conversation not in a sense, and, and a lot of times they're like, well, I, I don't know how to stop triggering them. It's like, okay, it's not about triggering them. It's about when that, it, like one of my conversations actually this morning was when the disrespectful conversation is actually starting, mm-hmm. 
at that point, instead of standing there saying, you're not allowed to speak to me this way. I can't believe you're doing this. What the fuck? And all of these mm-hmm. other things. It's stopping yourself and changing your pattern without expecting the other person to change. So it's stopping in that moment and saying, I'm done with this conversation. I'm going to walk away. Whenever you feel like you can have a conversation with me without going into that kind of language, come and get me. And literally walking away. And then while you're walking away, doing your own skills. So part of the change in my perception is finding the middle path of you and the problem not just wanting the problem to go away yeah and it's interesting because that person's behavior changing actually facilitates a different response they're no longer engaging in the conversation if cursing is happening and i think that's such a powerful skill to teach someone yeah i can't say command someone to use different language but i can be present or not present for them using it And so I think that's such an important concept of just thinking about change is that not, it's not always that the other person's magically going to change their language. It's that we're going to change the conditions. We'll change the environment. So the cursing can't happen anymore. Yeah. The other thing actually, so what's, that's actually a really great point. And that's kind of how patterns and behaviors and relationships and just personally change. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. I say this to clients all the time, and and there's a lot of confusion with this statement where I say change is the only constant that exists. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's true. I mean, you can't step in the same river twice. Even if you're standing in the same place physically, different water is going to be running past you. And I always think about that when I'm thinking about my own behavior in the world. And sometimes it feels like you're in the same argument with someone. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this a hundred times, but what's different and what's different in this moment? And I think that's one of the powerful things to bear in mind that we're not just static. And I think thinking about relationships and conversations as dynamic helps us to get a little bit unstuck as well, because we're realizing that we're each participating. Maybe it's a similar dynamic or a similar type of conversation, but we have options for when we're participating in. And also, I think each time it's the conversation isn't the same. Mm-hmm. The language you're using isn't the yep. same. The thoughts you're having isn't the same. Uh, one of the jokes that I always make is like, your outfit definitely is not the same outfit that yeah. you had last time. You weren't standing in the same exact spot where the other person is standing. Like your mental space, your emotional yeah. space. None of that is in the same exact spot as it was in the past because nothing stays the same. Mm -hmm. So if you're standing there and you're like, here we go, it's the same conversation over again, you're just going to keep reacting in the same exact way that you have been reacting this whole entire time, which ironically, I always tell people, that's actually acceptance. Yeah. You're actually accepting it as it is. In your mind, you think you're trying to change it by trying to say these things that is going to motivate that person to see the problem, Mm -hmm. which that's actually something I tell parents and family members all the time. Like you kind of telling the other person, these are all the things that you're doing. Do you see? 
Do you see yeah. if you don't stop doing this, like you, you need to go back to school and you, you haven't been able to get a job and like focusing on all the things that haven't happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that conversation, you're bringing up the same thing, pushing for change. But the reality is, what are you accepting in that moment? Mm-hmm. You've actually accepted that this is how you have to communicate. And I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. in different situations and different scenarios and different conversations, but have the same kind of method of pushing for change Mm -hmm. that it hasn't been working. And what would it be, what would be a more effective route to push for change in that situation when it may be a kid maybe who's, um, over 18, who's still in the house and doesn't have a job, how would you push them to change? One of the things that I actually try to teach, one of the skills I try to teach family members and parents, especially for adult children that are struggling, um, non-judgmental stance. Mm -hmm. One of the changes is to learn not to judge and assume. And yeah, there might be truth to your assumptions, Mm-hmm. There might be truth to your judgments. And the more you, like as they're walking upstairs or like having a moment of emotional dysregulation because you can hear it, kind of thinking, oh my God, here we go again. This yeah. is what's going to happen. And oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this. Like, why are they doing this? I can't like, and, and the more you're standing in the kitchen doing the dishes or more you're sitting in your office listening to what's happening and you're judging. You're judging and you're assuming what's happening in a room that you're not even in. Mm -hmm. You don't even know what's actually happening. You're not in that person's mindset, but you're judging and you're assuming. The more you do that, the second they come downstairs and say anything to you, Mm -hmm. what's the response going to be? You're going to automatically go straight back into it because you already started the conversation in your head. Yeah. So one of the ways I start helping family members learn to navigate the change of how stuff happened inside of the house, how mm-hmm. to navigate the chaos. First step is stop assuming and stop judging. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting because it's shifting the pro- our orientation towards the problem. The problem isn't just that this person doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. The problem's actually that the way we're communicating about it. And so we start there. And so it's interesting because it's more process focused than it is outcome oriented. And we need to, in order to help somebody change their behavior, we need to make sure that the way we're talking about it is effective Mm -hmm. because what happens when somebody is nagging you about something? Oh my God. You just don't want to hear it. Yeah. You keep getting annoyed. Mm-hmm. And then you keep like in your mind more often, you're just like, oh my God, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. And then at some point you start screaming very disrespectfully for like words like shut up and mm-hmm. very disrespectful things, not in a joking way, yeah, in an unhealthy way. Absolutely. And it just pushes people to avoid. Yeah. Every time nagging happens, somebody else just gets kind of pushed further back and they kind of get further kind of stuck in their own, like in their own avoidance pattern. And this is something that I think can be very true. One of the things that I found for myself is that like, if someone's nagging me or asking me to change something, I feel like hundred percent less motivated to do it, Mm -hmm. which is not an effective response, I admit, 
but it is human. Yes. And you know what's actually funny? In a lot of relationships, mm-hmm. and it's, it's actually, I think the shift is happening and the change is happening, but for a very long time, societal norms were, um, and, and we're just going to talk about the um, heterosexual relationship where they're like, the wife nags. Mm-hmm. And the husband just lets it happen. And it's like, okay, so the average human being's attempt to change is to express their complaint, right? Yes. It's to express that, like, I need, I would like for you to help me with the dishes. Mm-hmm. Now, if a partner, and it's actually, it's, it's in a lot of, I don't don't want to actually put it in heterosexual relationships. Now, it's in every relationship, actually, I think Mm -hmm. so, in all forms and types of it. The partner is kind of like, okay, like, I'll help you with the dishes with no intention of change. Yes. No intention of actually making that effort to change and help Mm -hmm. with the dishes. It's kind of like, all right, like, I'm going to tell you what you want to hear and not do it. So then what's the person's next attempt of pushing for change and asking for what they need? You said you were going to do the dishes. Mm -hmm. Stop nagging me. You said you were going to do the dishes. Oh, my God. Here it goes again. You have to nag me. I'm just going to do them myself. Mm-hmm. which then what pattern tends to what change are we creating in the dynamic in this dynamic I just learned that I just need to do them anyways and mm-hmm. I still really want the other person to do it so I'm going to keep talking to them about it but it, my own distress tolerance I don't have this toler. I can't tolerate letting them sit there mm-hmm. so there is a limit so the other person learns well, after like 30 minutes of being asked to do this, Lauren will eventually do it. And in this dynamic, do you know what I just learned? You don't have to. Not only do I not have to, but I actually get to throw out, and I'm pretty sure it's called gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> I think the therapeutic term is gaslighting. Um, and throw out and say, stop nagging me mm-hmm. you are the problem yes it's not that i didn't put in an effort to do the dishes it's that you told me and you needed to wait until i yes. felt like when i wanted to do mm-hmm. it so you are the problem and when i tell you you are the problem you're going to tell me i'll just do it anyways yeah this is uh it really hitting Hitting a spot for me. <laughs> because I like to send mixed messages a lot of the time. Aww. And not like is the wrong word, but I sometimes tend to. And I've been like, I had been working on like, I want to live a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to eat healthier, live healthier. And um, I want support doing it when I want support doing it. Um, so that's actually, it's hard to tell when the, that always changes. I so I was like the other a while back, I was, um, you know, in one of my phases where I was like, I'm going to live a healthier lifestyle. So I'm going out to dinner with um, my husband and he's like, what do you want to get? And I'm like the queso bandito. 
And he's like, I thought you wanted to eat healthier. And I was just horrified. And I was like, how dare you try to control? Yeah. Try to control what I eat. You don't even know how healthy or unhealthy queso fundido is. But we all know it's very unhealthy. There's it's like, a lot of queso. Yeah, there's a lot of queso. But it is fun. <laughs> and I was so angry at him for, and he thought he was just trying to support me. He was like, like, I didn't know. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I can read. I can read what's in that item. I just don't feel like, <laughs> I don't feel like doing what I said I was going to do. And you should know that and automatically be on board. Mm -hmm. And so we all learned a valuable lesson called a double standard. Yes. And that sometimes we say things we don't mean. <laughs> and I think that what was so hard is that it's really easy to grow judgmental of the other person of how dare you. Mm -hmm. And what I've taught him is just don't say anything ever in your entire life because it will be wrong. And what I've learned is you control what I eat. Which yes. is not true. But I think that when we get into that emotion mind kind of standoff, and what I realized was I wasn't communicating effectively about what my needs were. Yeah. What was I actually asking for? I was asking for a cheerleader when I wanted one and the other kind of cheerleader when I didn't, mm -hmm. which was for him to be like, fuck yes, let's hit this queso. You know what? Like, Let's not do what you committed to doing. Yeah. Let's just take a break and let me let me give you the excuse to do it. Exactly. And yeah. he should just know that Yeah, by the tone of my voice. <laughs> See, and this is the piece where I'll actually, I love that we're, go, we're taking the change to this topic because change happens in relationships so quickly. Mm -hmm. So, so quickly. So like, Adriel and I, and this is where it happened this morning, and I really had to, like, regulate myself and challenge myself, but Adri Adriel's very, very, um, one, he's, like, disciplined with his gym and his mm -hmm. fitness, right? So he wakes up every morning, 6.30, takes Mingus on a walk to get home by 7, to get to the gym, mm -hmm. to do his two-hour workout, and to come home. And although I've been an athlete my whole entire life, I'm not disciplined and when it comes to like physical i will walk around like i don't like that i got this little i've been eating too much carbs and he's like you haven't been eating that much carbs you just have, haven't worked out this yeah. week and i'm like it's the carbs <laughs> <laughs> which there's truth to it but also, I didn't work out the way I would usually work out that would keep my body in the type of yeah. fit I'd like to remain. So this morning, last night, Adriel was just like, and I was complaining about mm -hmm. my like carby little patch. Yeah. And Adriel was just like, okay, well, you know, it's okay. You still look beautiful. There's nothing wrong. Like, stop, mm -hmm. stop saying that. And then he was just like, can you take Mingus on a walk tomorrow morning so I can get to the gym on time? Now, I assume, and I'm still assuming, that this man made me walk this dog this morning because he knows that if I walk Mingus in the morning, I have to wake up earlier, mm -hmm. but I do a hike because yeah. Mingus has to get tired in the morning. So I will go on a long hike with Mingus mm -hmm. to tire him out. So I woke up this morning and I was like, this 
fucking asshole <laughs> passive aggressively <laughs> yes it's kind of like you're complaining i'm going to do this and this is a change in mm -hmm. our relationship because usually he would just say whenever you're ready go back to working out yeah but today he tried a new method and it worked <laughs> yes it did and in my mind i was like don't do it. And Mingus is like sitting by the door, like, I gotta pee. I gotta pee. <laughs> and I'm like, should I just take you to the courtyard? Or should I actually do this hike and just give Adro what he wanted? I ended up doing the hike and I'm very satisfied with the hike, but I don't like how our the dynamic change mm -hmm. in how to help me not complain about my intake of carbs and lack of exercise you know i'd be really curious to interview adriel on this topic <laughs> adriel is it true that you asked ali okay so we're gonna do um mm -hmm. a little maybe detective work yeah. this week <laughs> come back to us let us know are our assumptions correct write in the comments baby write in the <laughs> <Yeah>. comments <laughs> we need to know was this your goal yeah and so this actually brings up a good point of thinking about interpersonal relationships and what really kind of the assumptions what are we assuming in them and i think we should talk about this when we meet next because I feel like this is something that comes up all the time. And sometimes we're right. Yeah. And for every one time I'm right, there are about a hundred times I'm not, but I'm going to use this one as evidence. Mm -hmm. And yet, and those assumptions actually become a part of the change and the yes. dynamic that more often tend to be unhealthy changes. Yes. Yes. And so the one thing we definitely learned today, change is a constant. Yeah. Change is a constant in every aspect of life. So in reality, a lot of times you actually don't have to do anything mm -hmm. to have change happen. Sometimes the change is not doing anything, actually. Yeah. And I think that we can't forget that change is always happening mm -hmm. because otherwise we end up in this position that we're just... I think staying miserable, I think to go back to where we started, really just staying miserable in that this is how things are when they don't have to be. Yeah. And the balance of acceptance and change, because change, because change is a constant, accepting is part of the change. And so that's kind of a lot of people think accepting is not change. So mm -hmm. When we talk about change today, kind of tying it into our last conversation, acceptance is a part of the constant yes. change. It's just acceptance means you're letting go of controlling how the change happens. Yes. Change, change is something that's just unstoppable. It's mm -hmm. constant. It's completely inevitable. And that is all we have for you today. Thanks for listening. Bye.